Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaikul. There's a potential trade war brewing between the United States and the European Union. Back in July, the European Union unveiled an aggressive plan to tax imports on countries that lack aggressive carbon-reducing policies. One of their big targets, the United States. Now, on Wednesday, the White House revealed its planned response. Today, Politico's Zach Coleman on this potential trade war, and despite it, how both the EU and U.S. are actually working together to combat China. It's Thursday, December 2nd. So Zach, let's start with the EU side of things. What's their plan and how does that impact the U.S.? Yeah, so the EU has drafted a proposal to tax imported goods like steel, aluminum, cement, fertilizer, electricity for their carbon content. Essentially, if you have this raw material you create is made with a lot of carbon emissions, then you should have to pay more for it because theoretically speaking, you haven't had to incur the environmental costs associated with regulations that would make that steel production cleaner. And in the EU, they have pretty aggressive environmental laws. In fact, they have a national carbon trading system through a emissions trading scheme, which is actually a carbon price that this tariff is pinned to. And the idea was for the EU to implement this tariff so that their domestic industries don't flee to countries with laxer environmental regulations to avoid the costs of paying this emissions fee. You know, the idea here is if you don't have a national carbon price, can you mesh with the EU proposal? And there are a lot of trade experts who have said you need a national carbon price to align with the EU system. The U.S. doesn't have a national carbon price, so there have been questions raised as to how the U.S. will fit within this new EU system. Got it. And we got some insight Wednesday from National Economic Council Director Brian Deese about how the U.S. plans to respond. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Brian Deese essentially said, we don't envision having a national carbon price anytime soon. So what we have are laws and regulations and executive actions that, through their own merits, make more carbon-intensive goods more expensive because it's costlier to pollute. And what the U.S. is hoping other countries will do is take that into account and say, well, they, they are paying some sort of fees for pollution. Let's translate that into a basic cost on the carbon content of these goods. So this would be a kind of end runaround that the U.S. hopes will allow it to participate in these sorts of trade regimes that have a national carbon price. Now, none of these laws, regulations, and executive actions you mentioned include a national fee on carbon pollution. That's something Biden and some Democrats would probably want to pass. What exactly are the political hurdles to a national carbon fee? The reason that Biden hasn't stumped for it in an aggressive fashion is because he recognizes some of those political hurdles. Those hurdles being Republicans don't really like the idea of assessing a carbon price or carbon fee on emissions. So the idea here is that a fee would raise energy costs, and that is true. But there's a lot of ways in which you could design a national carbon price. It's not even just 
on the political right that there's a problem. There are some people on the political left who don't believe that market-based mechanisms like a carbon price are ways to solve the climate problem. So there is some anti-market backlash on a carbon fee as well. I don't see a carbon price happening in this Congress, but it's been an idea that's been socialized over some time now. So who knows what could happen in the future? So I know we've been talking about a U.S.-EU trade war, but how are they actually working together on this issue to combat China? Right. So the U.S. and EU have quite a bit of trade between each other. So they are focusing on ways in which they can collaborate. One of those ways is steel tariffs because they see China as a threat to markets. The U.S. and the EU produce much cleaner steel than China. China produces a lot of steel, though, and they do it with more carbon emissions. So what the U.S. and EU in late October, just before the UN Climate Conference agreed to, was basically to kind of forget that the U.S. doesn't have a national carbon price, even though that's what the EU tariff proposal is based on. And it basically said, look, we'll figure it out. You know, some mix of policies will work in which we can settle any sort of trade disputes and not really worry about the mechanisms for getting there. Let's just agree that some sort of coherent policy across the Atlantic is beneficial to our domestic industries for steel, beneficial for the climate, and can cut against China, who is a major competitor and a major polluter of carbon emissions. Also, on Wednesday, the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee advanced a group of EPA nominees to the full Senate. Three of President Joe Biden's picks moved forward on close votes, but some Republicans, notably West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito, pushed back on the administration's environmental agenda. The nominees will now move to the Senate floor for their final confirmation votes, which will likely happen in 2022. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron's El Segundo refinery is looking to turn plant-based oil into renewable gasoline, jet, and diesel fuels, because it's only human to want to power a better future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lower carbon.